looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. the post it is sunday the 2nd of april thanks for your company over the next hour we're looking back at all of the highlights of racing around australia yesterday but of course the focused firmly and squarely on royal ramick the first day of the championships yesterday unfortunately the weather interfered and we went from what was considered a, a track that could have been bordering on good early in the morning to a heavy track for the major part of the day so it did play havoc as far as the punting was concerned, but it certainly did as far as the excitement was concerned. And Ben Dorries, as I say good morning to you, despite that um, wet track and ordinary weather, a uh, lot of stories to come out of yesterday. A great first day of the championships. Yeah, it was, but uh, gee whiz, it was a uh, tricky one for punters. If you won on the punt yesterday, you're an absolute bloody superstar, I reckon. Uh, it was very, very hard work in Sydney. They were getting up without names, apart from... I guess Mr. Brightside and the Doncaster. Gee, there was a lot of roughies. The S- well, <laughs> funny you mentioned the SPs were five fifty-five dollars seventeen twenty-six sixty-one twenty-one nine six. That was Mr. Brightside thirty-one and six in the last. So, I think only one favourite one, which was Mr. Brightside. What was your highlight yesterday on a day where there were a lot of highlights? Uh, oh, I wish I win. Mm. I think that was Chautauqua-like in the TJ. Was. That was uh, nothing short of spectacular, and I actually. Um, I heard uh, Peter Moody's uh, pre-race uh, message to owners, actually, um, before the start of the race, and someone said it to me. And he was quite downcast about the state of the track and basically kicking cans and half thinking he had, you know, not no chance, but the, the chances of I wish I win were greatly diminished. So, of course, I left it out of McQuaddy <laughs> after hearing that. But, look, I, I mean, we'll talk to Mark, Mark Chittick uh, soon enough, the Waikato uh, stud boss who, who bred and owns... Uh, I wish I win just to get his take on that. But uh, certainly if he, if the horse doesn't go that well in the wet, well, I mean, that just adds another dimension to what was a truly spectacular performance. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a term I don't like using, X-factor, but it's got X-factor plus. Uh, but we'll talk about that uh, a little later. Let's concentrate on the Doncaster first. Of course, we had four Group 1s as part of the, the 10 race card yesterday. The Doncaster was worth the most at $4 million. Field of 20, big handicap, and the favourite was Mr Brightside at $6. Lindemann spins the corner in front of the Donny. It's Lindemann just in front from the Philly Zoo. Gotcha, gentlemen. Roy and Mr Brightside cruising up on the inside. Coming down the outside is Nugger with a great run. Zoo gotcha in front from Nugger the outside, and Mr Brightside is really starting to lengthen now. Mr Brightside moved up to join Nugget. Then came Osipenko, Mustang Valley, and my Obron bursting through. Mr Brightside in front from my Obron. Mr. Brightside lifting and goes back to back. Mr. Brightside held on for my Obron to win the Doncaster again. Nuggets finished in third. Then Osipenko, Mustang Valley, hope in your heart. Further back to Communist, who gotcha. Fangirl with some headway late from Gentleman Roy. Going global, protagonist, Lindemann, Bandersnatch, Alligator Blood, Lion's Roar, Golden Mile, Cepheus and Converge. Mr. Brightside, he was the $6 favourite. Zach Purton in the saddle for the training partnership of Ben and J.D. Hayes. Now, first guest is J.D. Hayes this morning. J.D., good morning. Congratulations. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You know, the Doncaster has been run since 1866. It is a time-honoured race. It's a royal a royal race, and only 10 horses have won it twice, and yours is one of them. So I think 
might have been you or Ben said yesterday, to win one is, is great in itself, but to win two is it's unbelievable. Yeah, it puts him in um, rare company, and we've always he's a horse that Ben and I and the team at Lindsay Park won't forget anytime soon. He's um, a horse called Better Listen Up arrived in my father's first year of training, and mm. I think um, lightning strike twice with, with Mr. Brightside here. He's just an absolute gem, and the way that he fought back when that horse came up and in, inside, he just showed the qualities of the champion, and he just um, he knows how to get past that post first, which is uh, when you train a horse, you love to have those qualities. I was interested in Zach's comments post-race. He said um, he felt Mr. Brightside was labouring in the ground a bit, but but he's just so honest his class got him through. Did you feel the same way? And what were your confidence levels heading into the race as the track got wetter and wetter? I was um, particularly nervous in the morning because I just felt like it could happen. Like um, I thought he was going to get a beautiful run the race. He just needed a little bit of luck of the 400. And when he popped out at the top of the straight... I think I nearly fainted because I thought, oh, <laughs> there's no excuse here. He's had absolutely everything go his way. And he showed such a quick turn of foot. He, Zach said that he almost got there too soon because he, he just exploded. And then I do feel like he's a better horse on top of the ground. But he's just, um, like Zach said, his class got him through the heavy. And he's, um, it's just a pleasure to train. He can go through all sorts of surfaces. Pretty frightening, that comment that he's better or you think he's more effective on a dry track because actually seven of his wins have been on, on, on heavy and soft tracks. Just for our listeners this morning, we've probably discussed this before, but it's worth discussing again. Just take us back to the start of this story, how it all began that you came to get this horse, Mr Brightside. Um, uh, an agent called Wayne Orman, um, he actually put him to two other trainers by the time, and they said no because... Um, just one reason or another and he got to dad and dad wasn't really concentrating and just said yes and um we went 50 50 and sold him down and the rest is history he came over to Lindsay park and he came at a time that we really needed him in our time in the company um as in the transition for ben and i uh taking over the reins and he um he came over and it was a little bit of a a funny horse. He's got a little bit quirky. And Ross, the regular rider who strapped him yesterday, has done a phenomenal job with him. He's just um, worked with him every day, kept him in a routine. And now you can fire a shotgun off his back. He's that quiet. So mm. he's a horse that's really improved in our environment. And he went and put six wins together and came fourth in the Cantalo in his first prep here in Australia. And, um, yeah, he's just he's always raised the bar every time we're throwing something at him. He's a, he's a phenomenal animal. Speaking of raising the bar, is he likely to back up in the Queen Elizabeth? Uh, it's a chance. It's a chance. Um, but he was all out. He had to really dig deep on a heavy track. And um, the last thing you want to do is be too greedy with a horse that owes you nothing. So if he's looking for the paddock, he'll tell us in the next 48 hours because we, we know him back to front, inside out. If he's looking for the paddock, he'll get the paddock. Yeah, OK. And um, longer term, regardless of that, I'm, I'm assuming the Cox Plate would be on the radar and uh, potentially Hong Kong in December as well? Yeah, there's a big circle around the Cox Plate and also Hong Kong. So with that in mind, it might be timely to go to the paddock now because he's got a big, uh, big six months ahead of him if it all goes to plan. You know, in racing, we we uh, revere sprinters and and we're, we're in awe of stays. I reckon sometimes the milers are the, are the forgotten, forgotten category and this horse would have to be now considered clearly one of the best milers in the modern era... He's won 11 races, and it's worth pointing out, eight of those races are over a mile. Yeah, absolutely, and um, he's got about eight million next to his name <laughs> as well, so he's, uh, he's in, I think he's actually quite going to be quite good over 2,000 as well, but I haven't put a line through that, but like you said, he, he is an outstanding miler, and that, he certainly is. 
the training partnership with your brother. Brothers can uh, be best mates, but they can also blue. Take us inside that. Do you have, do you have your, your, your moments? Do you have a, a sharp word once or twice a week? Who wins the arguments? Uh, how does it all work? Oh, it's quite funny. You lose a professional touch when you're arguing, arguing with family. There's a few expletives there and you're direct to the point and you call each other some names that you shouldn't say. Um, but, look, it's, um, no, we, we're very much a, a team approach. Ben and I are just the, the window of what is the big machine at Lindsay Park. And there's a lot of people, like, I don't want to name them because everyone's got their role and plays them within the company as Ben and I do. So um, it's not just Ben and I making the decisions there's a whole team around us and that sort of just uses the uh, family feud which is good but if we are ever in a gridlock uh, we do throw to the boss in Hong Kong and um, he he acts as uh, the judge jury and executioner <laughs> so you have to sort of plead your case there and um, have your ducks in a row because he will not be shy to tell you that, that it's a stupid idea if you do put one forward. I want to explore that, that line about the, the 2,000 metres because He's had, I think, um, two or three goes, and he hasn't uh, finished in the top three. Craig Williams knows the horse inside out, and unfortunately, he's on the injured list. What has he said to you about Mr. Brightside at 2,000 metres? He said the whole way through this prep, he feels like a 2,000-metre horse. Yeah. Um, but the times that he has gone to 2,000, the ball sort of hasn't bounced his way as such. Like, we've been a little bit further back than we've wanted. He mm. closed off well. Um, um, so we haven't put a line through it yet and I feel like he's a different horse to last spring like he's improved this time in he's got much more weight under his belt um, and he might just be of coming of age he's a, a bit of a late mature I was a late mature myself <laughs> so um, I think I wouldn't put the 2,000 metres past him as he gets older and, and you, you make a good point you know because those two runs over 2,000 metres you're spot on he was not really in his comfort zone he was back in the second half of the field or one of those runs he was in the Cox Plate he was, he was nearly out the back so we normally see him take a you know a fourth fifth position, so yeah, probably not run to suit him. And in both races, he was only beaten around between two and three lengths. Absolutely. So it doesn't look flash on the scorecard, but I'd I'd like to make the decision once he has, gets one out, one back every chance, like yesterday in the Doncaster. He gets to run like that in two thousand mm. and doesn't hit the line. I think that'll be enough for me. But being able to make a few cases for him, Mr. White didn't quite go to plan over two thousand. So. Um, until he gets a beautiful run in the race over 2,000, won't rule it out. Uh, the Sydney Carnival continues, obviously, next week, but uh, a lot of our listeners are in Queensland. Do you have anything, any big guns for the for the Queensland Winter Carnival, a Stradbroke horse or, or, um, or you know, a good two-year-old or anything you can... Keep um... your eyes peeled for Gentleman Roy. He's going to be coming up to get a tan, so um, <laughs> he's going to be targeting a Stradbroke, and I think he profiles beautifully for a race like that. Yeah, certainly does. Hey, what about, did someone tap you on the shoulder at the presentation to tell you that he had a shock won the gold mile 15 minutes after Mr Brightside won? I, uh, no, I got the final 100 metres and I saw him in front and I yahooed at home. It was a bloody good um, 15 minutes for the family and, and the company and everyone involved. So it, um, when it rains, it pours. It's, it's a very good industry to be in when you're winning. Yeah, they look a really good bunch of owners. Congratulations, mate. A wonderful day and... and it's it's not over yet because he's he's only what uh, rising six and he's lightly raced but uh, he established himself as uh, one for the ages yesterday winning two Doncasters they can never take that away from you thanks for being with us no thank you for having me there he is J D Hayes of course in partnership with his brother Ben and uh, this is uh, an outstanding mile and I do say that you know we talk about sprinters we talk about stayers the milers are often forgotten but he's the tenth horse to do it. 
Two other horses in the modern era that come to mind are Superimpose and Sunline. Yeah, he's in fair old company, isn't he? Gee whiz, my Oberon gave him a scare late, the, the roughie from the uh, Annabelle Nisham stable. And our old mate, um, Noel Greenhour, who's in Nugget, I, I reckon I heard the Irishman cheering Ooh. from another state. Nugget just loomed up and looked like the winner, didn't he? And just didn't, maybe he's just in the wrong part of the track. Maybe just maybe his run just petered out. But that was a, that was a terrific run from Nugget. Also, hope in your heart, um, the fourth place getter for Kerry Parker, uh, I thought was tremendous, and he said that she could potentially back up uh, in the Queen of the Turf, the Group 1, next week. I thought that was an outstanding run to, to make so much ground in that big field, and um, yeah, if she if she can back up, she will be hard to beat. Alligator Blood um, was, of course, the top weight, but Tim Clark told Connections didn't really appreciate the wet going. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Like, if you put your... Uh, I mean, you sort of like betting early in, in races when you think you've got a price about various horses or whatever, but gee whiz, nine times out of ten, you're better off waiting till race time. I mean, Fangirl's a great example. I mean, Fangirl was a live chance to win at Doncaster, I thought. Uh, probably would have started eight or nine dollars, maybe second favourite. Started twelve dollars, probably should have started twenty to one because she just doesn't like to wet. And she ran seventh. She only got beaten two lengths, so she certainly wasn't disgraced, but she couldn't win on a wet track. You know, there's a bit of a cruel streak in me. <laughs> what a bit. <laughs> I've, I've, I've mentioned this story once before, I think on um, Press Room. Uh, but uh, Black Bookers, it was funny enough. Um, JD mentioned Wayne Orman there. Wayne Orman's particularly well known in, in South Australia. He was a, a great professional putter a few decades ago, but he's still around, moving and shaking. And uh, he offered um, a share of Mr. Brideside to a very, very good friend of mine. And my very good friend knocked it back. And uh, every time he sees Mr. Brideside win, he not, winces, as you would imagine. Not ideal. Good morning, Justin. How are you? <laughs> Hope you're enjoying your morning. Let's push on. Uh, yeah, I, Mr. Brideside, outstanding. But I think the win of I Wish I Win really captured the imagination of most racing enthusiasts. Let's have a listen to Darren Flindell's broadcast. You wouldn't believe it. Nature Strip ran the favourite at $4.80. 600 metres to run and Nature Strip takes the lead clearly now by a length and a half on Passive Aggressive Marzu rails to third from In Secret lost and running out deep going through the middle now is Giga Kick in the white cap clear from Shelby 66 and Maria Mia Nature Strip rolls up the rise three lengths clear from Marzu Passive Aggressive Giga Kick five lengths away Nature Strip the world champion sprinter trying to fend them up Marzu's the first to challenge Nature Strip Marzu Giga Kick lengthening and I wish I win down the outside. I wish I win went past Giga Kick Marzu. I wish I win from last. A spectacular TJ win. I wish I win. Knocked off Giga Kick and Marzu. Nature Strip fourth. Then came Maria Mia for the back. Lost and running. Lofty strike in secret. Shades of Rose rocketing by passive aggressive. Private Eye and Shelby 66. It's quite frightening to see what this horse can do, I wish I win. Uh, that was an extraordinary performance, giving such a long start against such a talented field, but the power was there, and I wish I win, who, of course, won the Golden Eagle last year, takes the TJ Smith. Mark Chittick, of course, from Waikato Stud, part owner and breeder, and he's with us this morning. Great to have him on the show. Mark, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a, um, it was a hell of a day, I've, I've, I've got to say, you know, like, on the turn there, I thought, well, you you got you've got all the best sprinters in Australia, and um, the, the best that can line up all in front of you. You got a hell of a task, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive, but very te- impressive. But tell our listeners, you weren't there. 
No, 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 sort of a bit of an bit of an annual uh, family trip. Um, yeah, one of uh, one of the off farm um, passions is uh, is is hunting, and Harry, my son, and I, we were down in the South Island at a good back of a good friend's place right on the coast. Um, yeah, no electricity and uh, living it rough, but uh, we we managed to um, get the iPad and get a bit of service and watch that. We had a few mates from around the area there and. Yeah, we had a hell of a night, I can tell you. I think it was just as well we weren't there. <laughs> Mark, I described it uh, just uh, before as Chautauqua-like. I really thought it was. It was just that sort of finish, wasn't it? It was spectacular. Yeah, it was. It certainly was. It was interesting. Interesting you say that because, you know, on the Instagram during the week, they they uh, they had that up there and on his win. And, and um, when we drew 14, I, obviously I knew we were going to settle back and, um, you know, certainly Peter and, and obviously Luke, he, they they do know that he he's just a horse that he just wants to wherever he wants to be. That's where you got to have him. And uh, was drawn, been drawn fourteen, and settling at the back there. Yep, there was certainly that uh, replay of Chitakwa that went through my mind with um with five hundred to go, and I thought he's going to have to be as good as him to win from there. And um, you know, you know, we're very proud that he was. And what do you think about him on a wet track now? Because pre-race, it seemed like Peter Moody's confidence was was certainly dented by the the, the way the track was. Uh, do, you, do you think he won despite the track, or do you think you know there might be a chance he, he may have actually relished it? I think you. I think your first um, part there. You know, um, he won despite the track, um, and yeah, like his, his as he said, he had a little bit of a snooze in the morning and woke up and. And it had gone from a four to an eight, um, and that worried me as well because his morning report, um, his message that he sent through, he said, you know, there's a little bit of rain forecast around, but we know that he's 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 best on top of the track. Um, so, but he said, I don't think it'll be enough to worry him. Well, it was enough to worry him, but um, yeah, he still he still won. He's just he's just quite a freak, really, isn't he? He, 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 a freak is is a very apt word. I'm fascinated by this. It seems like a change, of course. So when we saw him in the spring, first time with 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 Peter, he worked up to the mile at the Turak, uh, ran fifth there, and then, then of course won the Golden Eagle at 1500 metres. Then all of a sudden in the autumn, we see him as a, with a sprinting profile. So just where does he stand? What, like, like what's the is well, he's really out of the air. Yeah. So is is he a sprinter? Well, <laughs> I think he's versatile. Amazing. Um, but, um, I think, you know, like, I mean, certainly before the Golden Eagle, when you when he's a Savabeel out of a pin's mare, you, mm. you don't think sprinting at all. But I think the thing that, that, that sort of led us into trying it out, um, and we agreed that we would just try it out in the new market, obviously, and then, sorry, the Lightning, and then into the new market, um, and we just take each step by as we go, but... Yeah, Peter rang me, um, this is back whenever it was, when he came back in from his spell, and he said, look, you might think I'm mad, but he said, I, I just wouldn't mind trying these these shorter distances with him. And, and I said, I don't think you're mad at all. And it all probably stemmed from that acceleration, that turn of foot that he showed in the Golden Eagle. And um, we just said, well, let's just take it one one step at a time, and if we've got it wrong, we'll, we'll, we'll change direction again. But... Um, you know, certainly, I mean, his, his run in the Lightning obviously was freakish in, in the new market under the weight and et cetera, et cetera, all of those bits and pieces was quite, quite you know, was, was very admirable, if not incredible. And then to come out like he did yesterday, 
over those short distances. Well, and after the after the new market, going back to after the new market, Peter just said, let's just stick to it for this campaign, and we can always change next 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 if we want to, you know. So, but let's carry on to that 1,200 metres in October at this stage. It's incredible what we're seeing on the track, Mark. But he's also got an incredible backstory, hasn't he? We we actually penned a story uh, <laughs> calling him the you know, sort of Forrest Gump, I think, of racing, which might have been a bit might have been a bit harsh. But the Forrest Gump reference comes because when he was born, he had a, a leg sort of so bad it was almost at, at right angles, a bit like a bit like the old Forrest Gump character. So it's it's quite the incredible story to be born like that and be doing what he is on the track. To take us into that. Oh, it, it, it really is quite incredible. Really, you know, even the good leg was was crooked enough, <laughs> but but it looked good against it, it, compared to the other one. Uh, you know, like it was, it was quite bad. It was it was extremely bad. Let's put it that way. And um, you know, the year before, the mayor had given us a full brother, and he was just a stunning animal, beautiful animal. And um, you know, he went through the yearling sales a couple of months after I wish I win was born. And made 1.4 million, which is the highest yearling price we've ever sold, and he topped the sale at Caracas that year. And of course, and in, in October we get this we get this full brother born, and as I've said before, I just didn't know whether to laugh or cry, you know. And when you're a breeder, you get what you're given. Um, but to be honest, she was a lovely mare. I wish I win, and um, obviously left great types and another dollar, and then and then this horse that topped the sale, etc. Savabeel leaves great types, you know, so it was a real, let's put it down as a, an anomaly, you know, it really was. Um, he was quite bad, and, and I do remember even through to, let's say, 10 months old, and we had the sales companies come in to inspect the yearlings for their yearling selection, and we bought them out and uh, and showed them because uh, because obviously not, he was never ever going to go to sale, he couldn't, but because his full brother made the money and... Um, it was just, um, let's have a look at this bloke. You know, this is what you get when you're breeding, unfortunately, every now and again. And, uh, yeah, so I gelded him. I gelded him early because he was a very heavy-topped um, sort of a horse. He was gelded at about 14 months old um, because these, it wasn't helping these, these legs at all with the, call it the extra weight on top of them, and that allowed him just to, just to sort of grow upwards and, and start handling this, um, this muscle. And, yeah, just, I just took him through. We broke him in late. Broke everything else in, probably broke in 30 that year, and he was in the last mob. Um, and then he went backwards and forwards to the breakers. Jamie and Chanel beat excuse me, a couple of times because um, well, I didn't know what I was going to do with him. And uh, and Jamie kept on saying he, he moves all right. He doesn't know he's got legs like that. <laughs> and then I said, "Will you take him to Cambridge and give him a jump out?" He had a couple of horses there that he was looking to trade. <laughs> he said, "I won't be showing anybody that that video." <laughs> Because I wish I wouldn't have just bloody left him. He said, you better get him named. And he's, he's, you're going to need to get him to a trainer. So that's when he went to Tiakau. Won his first, won, his, won a trial by four, went to the races, won his first start by four. And um, that was about when I recovered the photo of him as a foal, sent it to to Jamie Richards, and he just sent me back a, a, an emoji of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... I don't think we'll be doing that. I said this was one one his first start, 18 months after that photo was taken. <laughs> he got to believe it. Yeah, so unbelievable. And then we just got to the end of his three-year-old career. You know, he was Group One placed, etc. And and um, I, I honestly thought that that you know Moose and I had a yarn, and we did a little bit of a deal. And um, 
honestly thought that we were going over there to compete in the, you know, those sort of $250,000, $350,000 races on the outskirts, basically. But yeah, and look, you know, the old story, the rest is history. He's given us a hell of a ride. He's only four years old and and he's incredibly sound. Um, and uh, we're really proud of him. What a day for, for you and your family. Uh, it's a day you'll never forget, apart from I wish I win. It's worth pointing out that you, you share in the ownership of the Derby with a major deal, and both I wish I win a major deal by Sava Beal. That's right. So, so Major Bill did go through the Gold Coast sales. It rang and made 260000 and bought by Gay. And it's a, it's a family that we've had a bit of history with. Um, it's a family that's, that we sort of we picked up the mayor um, about 15-odd years ago, 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, it's quite incredible, really, because it's, it's an out-and-out sprinting family that the mayor has left... Um, three stakes winners as two-year-olds. And um, anyway, this colt went through the Gold Coast sale. Gay bought it, and I approached her afterwards and said, look, I love the colt. You know, can I have a little bit back in him? Um, which, obviously, she was she was very happy happy to, to, to go ahead with. And, um, yeah, so for a derby, wanting to come out of that out of that family is quite incredible. Um, the mayor left Kelberite, who, who was a group, one winner, uh, sorry, group winner is a two-year-old here, and has now left Golden Mile. And then the and then the subsequent two fillies both won the Matter Matter Breeders Stakes. And Major Beale's mother, we were trying to trying to get the hat trick. We were trying to go three in a row with the Matter Matter Breeders Stakes, but unfortunately, she overreached at one stage in the paddock there and 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 damaged a tendon. Like went forward with a shoe on and cut the tendon, so that's why she never raced. But um, yeah, she's only a young mare. She's one of my favourite mares, and uh, she's now left the Derby winner. We're pretty proud of breeding two Group 1 winners, a sprint sprint Group 1 winner and a Derby Group 1 winner in one day. Yeah, tremendous effort, Mark. Last one from me. Uh, everything I'm assuming with I Wish I Win is really geared towards an Everest now. How many calls have you fielded so far from slot holders and how do you how do you actually make a decision? Because it's not as if you'll be the most wanted horse in the land in terms of that race. So, you know, take us inside that process. Yeah, well, well, that, well, that's quite interesting. I'm learning a lot about this Everest and, and that process. Um, um, and I think that came about after the Lightning um, has run in the Lightning. You know, we started getting approaches. And at that stage, I actually spoke to Jonathan Darcy and I said, what actually happens with this? Because I, obviously I, I was, was not aware how the process goes at all. But um, And look, we've set it out. We've, had, we've certainly had a lot of approaches. And um, I think... You know, once the dust settles in the next couple of days, sort of thing, or over the next wee while, um, I'll leave that in Peter's hands to, um, you know, to guide me through the process and uh, and uh, how we go about it. Good, good work, great, great day for you and your family. Congratulations, and we hope to talk to you again this year. I've got a feeling we might be further down the track. Yeah, no, always good to talk. Thank you very much. There he is Mark Chittick from uh, Waikato Stud, the owner and breeder of I Wish I Win. Of course, he shares in the ownership with Peter Moody. Uh, Peter Moody, his third TJ Smith, of course, the, the champion mayor, Black Caviar, winning in 2011 and 2013. Yeah, that was a very different kind of win to Black Caviar, but mm. almost as spectacular in a funny kind of way. I don't think Giga Kick, I don't think lost any admirers, um, you know, ran really valiantly, just got beaten by a better one on the day. Interesting two Victorian sprinters 
ran one two. I thought Marzu, who ran third, uh, had his chance. Don't know what to make of Nature's Trip. I reckon they've got some decisions to make there. Certainly wasn't disgraced, um, but was beaten three and a half lengths on a track I think would have been right in his sweet spot at this time of his career. We probably wants a bit of the jar out. Certainly got that. So, look, it's interesting what they do with Nature's Trip, isn't it? I mean, he, he's still obviously... I mean, he's run fourth in the TJ, so he's still competitive, obviously. But, yeah, but he's on the way down, yeah, not on the way up. Yeah, I mean... With a horse that has done so much, do you just want to be there to be competitive? You know, I, it's not, not our decision. I, I say no. He's been beaten in his past four starts, and every time there's just been that ping missing at the end when, where it should have been. So he's done a wonderful job. He is rising nine years of age. But uh, I, th- I think, and Chris Waller actually said uh, post-race, he said, uh, we'll have a chat with the owners and just see where we're going. But... Um, it will be their decision, and and so it should be. But the the, the feature of the, the the race was this horse. Um, uh, come back to the word freakish. Uh, the the sectionals that he delivered in the Lightning were unbelievable for a thousand meters. And then of course, weight stops everything, and he had to carry fifty six and a half in the new market, But he was still very good, and of course outstanding yesterday. And he will be the Everest favourite now, and um, it will be interesting to see who gets the slot. Yeah, well, I'm not a competition. Well, I'm assuming they just do a deal which is the best deal for them money-wise, split-wise, whatever, so they can just pick and choose. And I can't see anything displacing him as Everest favourite up until the day of the Everest, really. I mean, he's he's, what else is going to you know, take over from him in the next six months, nothing. He, he's just the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned. That was spectacular. Yes, a new spreading star was born yesterday. Let's go to the next of the group ones we're going to have a listen to. This is the size produce. Cylinder was the favourite but never handled the heavy track. And coming around the turn, bases loaded, coming away from the rails. Butch Cassidy's got the inside run. Then came Militarised, and V8 being revved up by Lena Link further back to Brave Mead. Now Cylinders coming off hills, getting to the outside. Bases loaded, being tackled by Militarised, and Militarised storms to the front from bases loaded. Don Corleone's running on, and further back to peer pressure, but Militarised is on, firing right up here on the English side, draws away for an emphatic victory. Don Corleone second, peer pressure, the lone filly of the field, third in front of V8. Then came Mahaba, Cylinder, didn't fire a shot in the straight. Then came bases loaded from Brave Mead, a gap back to Cafe Millennium from Empire Japan. Butch Cassidy finished back with the Sundance kids there, Dis, Neck and Bold and Blazon. Well, we saw Zach Purden to advantage on Mr. Brightside in the Doncast, but this time it was Joe Marira who had a Great day out at Ramwick with a riding treble, steering militarised to victory. Henry Field is the managing director of Newgate. He joins us now on Past the Post. Henry, that wasn't just a win in the the size produce. That horse made a statement. He he beat his rivals easily. Yeah, I think he's a very very exciting horse. Interestingly, uh, Chris Waller was adamant to want to run him in the slipper a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, he got put through the rail, but mm. you know, I think that was testimony to the fact that he thinks he's a. He, to be fair to Chris, he, he's always thought he was a very, very good colt. So he actually was, it was no surprise to see him donkey with him yesterday, and uh, it was quite dominant. And of course, you got the uh, the Cornella as well, Henry, with Don Corleone, who was uh, it was a nice run for second as well. And and you uh, you ran fifth, so first, second, and fifth in a size, not a bad no, effort at all. Yeah, it was great. It was great, Ben. I think it's um. I think it was Don Corleone. He got held up on the on the, on the turn and probably cost him a, cost him a length or two. I don't think he would have beaten the winner, but he was he was certainly held up. But I think it 
It's going to frank the form out of that race in the size where a horse like Don Corleone run so well in a blue diamond and a golden slipper. So to see, you know, he's a great benchmark horse when you look at his, his big second in the diamond and he's, he's very tough fourth in the slipper. So I, I think it bodes very well for, for, for how good the winner was when you see him beat a horse like Don Corleone as easily as he did. A lot of heavy hitters in uh, this horse, uh, Bill Azarosi. He's a colt by Dundee. Just give us his background. Uh, we bought him at the Magic Million dealing sale. He's uh, obviously by Dundee out of, out of Dubai. We met huge pedigree. Uh, he's very close to it. lucky Vague, a lot of good European horses. And we, he was bought in our syndicate. We typically buy 20, 20 colts a year, and we try and make you know stallions to, to retire to Newgate. And he'll certainly be retiring to Newgate at the end of his racing career. He really relished the heavy that was right in his sweet spot yesterday. Yeah, he did. He did. He certainly did. Um, he certainly did. He, did. he, he, he lapped it up. But, you know, it's interesting. If you look at his Todman run, he ran third in the Todman. And I think he ran a faster final 600 than Cylinder doing that that day in the Todman. So, you know, and he wasn't beating a big margin. So at his second start, whereas Cylinder was far more seasoned. And Cylinder's a very, very good horse uh, with the red resistance in second. So, like, he's got very good form lines, I think, on good and, and, and wet. But put him on wet and he's, you know, he's, he's dynamic. Is it too early to say he'll definitely go to the Champagne, or is that decision yet to be made? No, he'll he'll, he'll go to the Champagne as long as he pulls up well and he's healthy and happy, and he, he comes to the race well according to the team this morning. And so long as he's, he's, he stays that way and he, he thrives over the next uh, seven to ten days, he'll definitely line up in the uh, in the Champagne in two weeks. And uh, and uh, lovely lovely balance ride by Joe Moreira. What a uh, what, what an incredible rider and. Uh, it's, it's lovely to see these, these riders riding in Sydney, not only on our horses, but on everybody's horses. You know, you see the likes of Marrera and Purton taking on McDonald and Bowman, and it's, it's just magic racing, isn't it? it? It certainly is. It adds a real touch to the to the championships day yesterday, and, of course, we saw a few weeks earlier. Just before you go, you've got that very impressive stallion roster in Newgate, but that's been added to by one. Now in the Congo, is going to stand there. Yeah, no, we're excited about it in the Congo. Obviously... He got a bit bullish, and, and his last few runs weren't his best, but he was a crack three-year-old, uh, a very, very good three-year-old from winning the San Domenico to the, the Golden Rose in all season. Uh, you know, and, and, and being by Schnitzel out of a champion sprinter, his profile's up very similar to, to Russian Revolution, who's taking all before him, and uh, the great confidence in the Congo can be a very important addition to the roster. Thanks for being with us this morning. Good luck at the champagne. Thanks, guys. There is Henry Field, Managing Director of Newgate and Militarise Beat them easily. I don't. Uh, Form-wise, out of yesterday is going to be difficult to assess because were some horses' performances enhanced by the wet and was were some lessened by the wet. I, th- I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, absolutely. And you had a hundred and fifty-one dollar chance uh, peer pressure from uh, Chris Lee stable running third there. So, but having said that, militarised donkey licked him one by three and a half lengths. So there was certainly no excuses behind him. Not, not much phases Chris Waller, uh, nor it should, but. I think in one way, and, and maybe he might admit this quietly, uh, that I think a, a certain monkey's got off his back by winning the slipper with Shinzo and winning the size produce. Interestingly, there's a fact that his only three Group 1 winners in two-year-old racing were all of the J.J. Atkins. And I remember he, he had what was called Press Day. It's it got to be 13 or 14 years ago, but the three of the J.J. Atkins, but apart from that, it was Zippo, but all of a sudden, he's gone back-to-back um, slipper and also size produce. I think he was quoted as saying, he said, most heavy hitters, if you want to call them owners, say, 
I will give Chris that one because uh, it'll need a bit of time. He said, maybe they might say give me the fast ones now. <laughs> well, in fairness, I mean, for a stable his size, he hasn't had a lot of up-and-running two-year-old ammunition, no. has he? So, look, we should make mention of Cylinder there as well, who was desperately disappointing, the favourite. Um, having said that, James McDonald said post-race, um, that horse just did not handle the ground one bit. Uh, not that that makes you feel any better if you back cylinder at $2.70. Let's go to the other group one. This is the ATC Derby. Major Bill races to the lead now from Mandela second, Stroke of Luck third, then Mark Twain from Manzois. Looping the field is Virtuous Circle and Sharp and Smart still three lengths away. Major Bill leads at the 300 metres from Mandela and Virtuous Circle charming in. Clear from Stroke of Luck. Sharp and Smart still three lengths away. Major Bill in front of Virtuous Circle. Virtuous Circle moving up to Major Bill. Major Bill still kicking from Virtuous Circle. Major Bill lifting in the derby and Major Bill... Too good. Beat Virtuous Circle. Suzuro rattling home into third. Sharp and smart fourth. Followed by high approach. Then came elliptical from Stroke of Luck Andalus. Twinkman Tapple Doodle Doo that was next. Followed in by Mark Twain. Full of sincerity. Pericles in the second half of the field. From Japanese Emperor Williamsburg. Domingo Cheval Savant. And Manzois has finished near last. Well, another Magic Millions graduate, Major Beale, as Mark Chittick said, who shares in the ownership of Spritting Pedigree, but uh, defying that. And they often used to say about Gay's father, Tommy Smith, uh, bone and muscle, and I think she's inherited all of that, as has Adrian Bott, because here's a horse who was beaten at 2,000 metres last week, but on the seven-day back, it goes to the 2,400 on a heavy track. So it's more like 26 or 2,800, but powering to the line. Yeah, absolutely, and that... Gives Gay one of the few missing pieces in her trophy cabinet. She'd never won a derby before, believe it or not, an Australian derby, that is. So um, congratulations to Gay. Got to say, Virtuous Circle um, looked absolutely home uh, for all money. Uh, trying to give Liam Howley, who used to be Lloyd Williams' man, uh, you know, another group one. But, um, yeah, Major Bill was just too tough in the end. I couldn't have found Major Bill in a million years. But, as you say... These tracks throw up funny old results sometimes, don't they? It was at $31. Sharp and Smart was the favourite and, and ran honestly, but seemed to have his chance. He he settled well back. That was always going to be on the cards because of the bad gate, but he, he trailed up really well. He got into that, that moving line, so he was close enough, if good enough, at the turn, but just like that dash in the straight. Yeah, probably spell time, I would imagine, for Sharp and Smart. I mean, got beaten by a $31 chance, a $19 chance, and a $41 chance, so... Uh, he's certainly a class galloper, but, um, yeah, maybe just uh, came to the end of it yesterday and the heavy track was, uh, you know, played into that as well. And Pericles, of course, from Gilolfa was an in-market runner, but... Uh... How did Pericles start $4.40? There was there was question marks over whether um, that horse would handle the 2400 And then, as you say, uh, you know, it was raining cats and dogs, heavy track... Heavy nine, the twenty four hundred was more like twenty eight hundred and started four dollars forty. I couldn't mm. work it out. Anyway, easy to be a smart ass in hindsight, isn't it? It's what they, call, <laughs> I think Brad Davidson calls it the Joe McDonald tax. Sometimes they start shorter than what they really should be. But it wasn't Joe Max Day yesterday? But let's just go to one other replay before we go to a break because we've still got a bit to get through with other uh, meetings around Australia. Let's have a listen to the the kindergarten stakes, the opening race for the two year olds. 
Introducing, gets a length and a half clear now from Libertad being quietly ridden the inside. Soltaire's getting the runs now and starting to power home three lengths further back to Barber. Quickly, Soltaire charges through the centre and Soltaire takes the lead away from Libertad. They beat off introducing and then came Barber is just uh, chipping away. Soltaire and Libertad. Libertad going after Soltaire now. Libertad puts the head in front and Libertad. Libertad ran down Soltaire and a gap back to Barber third, followed by tumbling then came introducing from Destructive Diva, Zulfikar weakened out with Rimbua, then Floodway and more than a star was last in. Sounds like they're in the box with Darren Flindell there, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the race goes. The reason I, played, I wanted to play that is because I feel this horse might be a, a Queensland Carnival horse, Libertad, because it's just coming along at the right time uh, one a midweek at Kenzo was impressive and good again there yesterday trained by Annabelle Neesham, so You'd sort of think uh, it, it may be a horse that, that may, may come here in the next month or two. Yeah, and looks like a winner. There was that will to win there. Yesterday. Interestingly, at its uh, you know, it's had two starts at its trial before it start started. It um, uh, ran third behind Bobby Shiraz, who we've already seen up in Queensland for Bjorn Baker. So uh, look, looks looks to have a nice future. Uh, very very tough uh, win that. Let's round out Royal Randwick uh, yesterday, first day of the championships, to have a listen to one of the. The special races on the card, it's the country championship final. Into the straight, Kimberley Secrets has a lead of a length. Our last cash comes after it. Talbragar starting to warm up. Going back to the inside, Sizzle Manizzle. Our last cash runs to the lead at the 150. Along the inside is Sizzle Manizzle. It's our last cash. Sizzle Manizzle right along the inside, grabbing it though. And Sizzle Manizzle. Sizzle Manizzle gets up over Talbragar. Photo third. Uh, I've been trying and also our last cash there. Not that far away between them is Bianco Villano and Testator Silence. Further back, Akasawa, I'm a true star. Kimberly Secrets, running bear. Well back was Ben Foggy, Sir Ravinelli, DeFore runner. Well back was uh, Smooth Esprit in company with Amicus Curie and Wizard of Oz last in. Yes, yeah, Sizzleman Isle. He's by Sizzling. That was only his 11th start for his fourth career win. Sam Clippinen. Riding double for Sam yesterday and the train in the Dubbo district. So a real country field of the country championship with Sizzle Benizzle winning. Punter's not too happy though, starting $61. It was the longest prize winner of the day. So that was the first day of the championships yesterday. And of course, next Saturday we go to the second day and the highlight clearly being Animo versus Dubai Honor and the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, that'll be a ripper. I mean, that's the sort of clash that gets people to a racetrack, isn't it? And people who. Um, not that there's anything wrong with people who want to turn up at a racetrack and not watch a race and just have a beer and have a nice day, but that clash will get racing people to the racetrack. 100%. Let's take a break here on Pass the Post, back to look at uh, other meetings around Australia on the other side of the break. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Thanks for being with us this morning on Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. And go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. As we said in the advertisement there, all the big guns are ready to fire. Golden Boom jumped out well during the week. He'll have a, a barrier trial soon, and he's ready to resume in the Mick Dipman plate on the 22nd of April. Our carnival not too far away. Ah, absolutely. And um, spoke to Mark Duplessis uh, at the track yesterday. He's going to ride Rothfire. He's going to be the new rider for Rothfire when Rothfire resumes in the Ascot on April 15, which isn't that far away at all, Saturday week. It'll be a cracking race. I think Rob Heathcote's got 
Rothfire star Tonto's a group one winner. Prince of Boom, he trolled like an absolute bomb. And I think Tony Gollins might have um, something of Zoo Style and, and a couple of others. So that should be an absolute group. It's a listed race, but it's not really carnival time, but it's a nice pipe opener. Yeah, carnival. Not too far away. Bendigo uh, had their Metropolitan Meeting yesterday in Victoria. A lot of feature races. Let's listen to two of them. And first up, we'll go to the, the Golden Mile. They come up towards the corner, 450 metres to go. Another one got its bib in front of Rambler Rebel. Then came Mutamek between them. Next in the field is Visionari under pressure. Quality time needs an out. Here to Shocks, almost got a tiring horse in front of it. Just folk down the centre. Then Lumi in. Mutamek took the front, might be vulnerable. 200 to go. Here to Shock got the run. Up on the inside, Prince of Alina late right down the outskirts. Here to Shock at the 100. Prince of Alina, Lumi in late. Here to Shock just in front. Prince of Alina coming at here to shock, but here to shock is here to win and won it by about three quarters of a length. Second up photo, Luami in Prince of Alina, followed by Just Folk behind those horses, Visionari. Mutamek quality time. Then came Dagula, inspirational girl, Earlswood, well back in the field, was another one, and Rambler Rebel. Well, he's a better than average money spinner here to shock, and as uh, Matt said in the call, he was here to win. Well, he's been making a bit of ha- a habit of that as well, of course. He Won at Sandown three runs ago, won the Echuca Cup and then won the Golden Mile yesterday. Daniel Stakehouse riding for Ben and J.D. Hayes. Have you been to Bendigo Racetrack? I have, once. I reckon it was for this meeting. I remember I had a blow-up with Terry Bailey, the, the then Chief Steward. I can't remember what happened. I think some outraged punter tried to get in to see him about something in the steward's room. And I, I reported what happened and he didn't like that I reported what happened. Oh, I had a few blow-ups with Terry, actually. Quite a few blow-ups. Good track, Bendigo. Long sweep, long uh, straights and sweeping turns. Uh, it was a track that Lloyd Williams used to send a lot of his horses to in the early stages of their preparations. Daniel Moore, I reckon, rode the winner that day, now I'm thinking about it. I've got you reflecting now on yeah. life, haven't I? I know, I'm getting old. That's what you do when you get old, you reflect. Yeah, well, I do a lot of it. Let's go to the, the Guineas, race seven, the previous race. My Bellamay with Waltz on by who's waltzing up on the outside. They were followed next by DK in between horses who wax away from Elkington Road. Then running by, it's Waltz on by trying to get past DK. It's Waltz on by in front of length but vulnerable. Elkington Road and running by coming through. But Waltz on by is holding on from running by and Waltz on by has won it from running by Elkington Road and Lethal Thoughts. Then DK and Marble Arch. Next to complete the course beyond centre field, Meridius from Sorrel Rock who got past uh, a few of them. My Bella May, Quang Tree, New York Hurricane, and Is It Me, who was wide the trip, finished at the tail. We said to J.D. Hayes, did he pinch a look at um, uh, his horse, Here to Shock, winning 15 or 20 minutes after most of the won the Doncaster? Could say the same about moods, because this was 15 minutes after I wish I win won the, won the um, T.J. Smith waltz on by winning the, the Guineas. Uh, Billy Egan riding, Philly by I Am Invincible. Third run this time in and producing a best. Yeah, Billy Egan's an interesting cat. I don't know Billy, but I saw a, a tweet from him or I might have been responding to something else during the week. He's recently returned to riding. And I, th- I actually think it was on racing.com and he rode a winner and was asked, oh, it must be good coming back to riding and riding a winner. He said, oh, sort of. And I said, oh, why sort of? He said, oh, it's just... <laughs> What did you do while you're off? He said, I just drank for six months. So I think he's, he's certainly a character, Billy. So he's hopefully he's off the uh, the source. I'd say he would be being a jockey, but uh, yeah, anyway. They were two highlights from Bendigo yesterday. Of course, we're mentioning that our, our carnival's kicking off in a month's time here in southeast Queensland. 
But, of course, the carnival also is a month away in Adelaide. They'll have four big Saturdays kicking off on the last Saturday in April. Yesterday they had two listed races. Let's go to the first of them, the, the Claire Lindop for the three-year-old fillies. 400 metres to run in the Claire Lindop. Filled the moment, turns narrowly in front with Imbibe. Now Amphina darts through as time goes by, cutting loose and quickly sprints to the lead. As time goes by with Amphina, they took over. Party Princess Aruga Mama, then Imbibe. But it's as time goes by, clear. Party Princess Aruga Mama and then Amphina. But as time goes by, will clock in in the Claire Lindop stakes and wins narrowly from Party Princess. Aruga Mama. And Fina and more award charged down the middle late. They're followed then by Zen Zella, who was the next one in. Further back to Rich Result, and then came uh, Field the Moment, Kiki Express, Bonnie Gangster, Pretty Reliable, and Billy Bronx about midfield. The timing's right as time goes by. Of course, during the spring, she competed very competitively and she, she got to the Victoria Oaks and, or the VRC Oaks and ran midfield there. Third run this time in, up to the mile in the Claire Lindop, a listed race for the three-year-old fillies, and she was too good for them. So she breaks her maiden status and she'll go to the Australasian Oaks. That's her main game plan at the end of the month. Anthony and Sam Friedman training. Jake Toroke, the winning rider. Jake, of course, is currently leading the Metro riding premiership there in in, uh, in Adelaide. Byron Vorst is on the sidelines, so Jake's making the most of it, and he holds the... The lead at the moment, and not only did he win with as time goes by, let's listen to him partnering little Miss Kuby in the Manor High Classic, the other listed feature. Phil and I's turned in front. Little Miss Kuby races up to challenge. There are a couple on Cumin Prairie Flower. Another award's got to find a gap. Searching for it now as Little Miss Kuby took over. Race clear from Phil and I's Cumin. Another award building late with Tycoon Hummer. Little Miss Kuby in front. Little Miss Kuby's tiring but will win the Manor High Classic. Little Miss Kuby from either Cumin or Tycoon Hummer. And another award close up. Next in, Prairie Flower. They overhauled Phil and I's. Hecker Express, Kenyon Wonder. The last one in, all about Eve. This filly's by Headwater. That was only her eighth start for her third win. And like with the Claire Lindop, the money went across the border to Victoria. Cliff Brown trains Little Miss Kirby. Of course, Cliff prepares his team at Mornington. Jake Tarog had the ride. Uh, second and third. Tycoon Hummer was good. Uh, Cumin was good. Another award she probably just anchored a little under the 60 kilos, but she was there in fourth position. That was Morfordville. Here in Brisbane, we were at Dooman yesterday. Let's go to race eight, a benchmark 85. Situation room comes to the turn in front. Abigail in second, about to come after it. Then Renegade down. Manhood peels to the outside. Fully homeward bound now below the 300 metres. Situation room in front. Abigail's getting closer, three quarters away. Mandel with two legs to make up, and then came the drover running on. Situation room is still in front from Abigail, and Mandel still putting in. Situation room, the leader, trying to hang on. It'll go all the way. Situation room first. Photo miners, the drover, Abigail, or Mandel to add his chance. Then Tilliadam, Zuma, California. Well, he's zoomed home again, but he's a heartbreak at the jump. Then Star Virgo, followed by Haunted Cracker SG, Viral and Renegade last time. One of the few winners I backed yesterday, and I stress the word few, but... Uh, I could tell that in your call, by the way. You sounded, you sounded fairly excited. Get on your scoop. <laughs> hey, uh, the last two times this horse has won, I've actually been standing next to Craig Kavanagh, um, Tony Gollan's uh, offsider. Tony hasn't been there. And... And Craig's instructions to Angela Jones have both times 
been two words. Have a guess what the two words have been. Last win and this win, just two words. Handlebars down. Handlebars down. <laughs> did I tell you that last night, did I? No, I think I heard him say it. <laughs> Handlebars down. Bang, straight to the front. And uh, just too good, too good again. This horse was an honest horse, and I used to doubt it at a strong 1,200 metres. I used to doubt maybe it's will to win even. But all of a sudden, I think, as I said yesterday, it's turned a very significant corner. It won that race at Dooman at the 1,200, ran fast time, drew 13 of 13, came back to Dooman, 1,050, drew, drew 13 of 13. That's nearly impossible to win from a wide gate there, did it? So it was in great form and has maintained that form. So now six career wins from 17 starts. Where was Tony Gollan yesterday? I think uh, was there some sales or something in Sydney or something to do down there, looking at horses, I think. But, look... Angela Jones and Tony Gollan, isn't that combination lethal? Ange Jones, another treble yesterday. She's just racking up riding winners. And Tony Gollan is on track for a record-breaking season. And that's extraordinary considering he's won, I think, the last nine Metro Premierships. Their combination is just phenomenal. Which was my bold prediction at the start of the year, or the end of last year. What was, what's your bold prediction, David? Said Tony Gollan will break his own Metropolitan record. And he's going to do it easily. What do they say about self-praise? Give yourself a wrap. What do they say? What's what's going to win the straight break this year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I th- remember last year I said isotope would. Isotope retired during the week, yeah. unfortunately. But anyway, do you ever get anything right? Uh, and you turn yeah. on yourself a lot, which I actually don't mind. Yeah, I reckon I back let's elope a few times. Do a turning clocks. Back. Oh, and I backed alligator blood. I got right in the straight break last year. Yeah, you did. Let's have a listen to a Katarina. This was a very impressive performance in race seven. Fully homeward bound, 300 left to Rana. On point the inside, Sailor Secret the outside. Lubrication's getting out now, getting a gap, seizing it, and Memoria's joining in. Spirit Queen coming home fast as well. Memoria reached the lead from Lubrication. On the outside, Spirit Queen, and have a look at a Katarina. A Katarina. Turn to their one. Screamed home. One. Beat Spirit Queen. Third over the line was Memoria. Lubrication peaked late, then on point, followed by... Jukebox close, Sailor's Secret, clearly George and Burnish Gold lasted 11006. Don't mind this filly. That was her fourth career win. She's trained by Rob Heathcote. Rob was successful with Dune 45 earlier. Or she's got it going really well. But uh, at Eagle Farm late last year, we saw this filly come from last. Oh, no, no, sorry. We saw it come from last in a race in October. And uh, we saw her come from last yesterday. You don't see that happen too often, so she's she's pretty good. Yeah, and she's a half-sister to Startonte, the Group 1 winner, of course. And uh, Damien Thornton, nice little fill-up for him yesterday. They were his first. He rode a double. That was uh, uh, one of them. Uh, he's moved up here, I suspect, on a permanent basis. He's sort of saying it's temporary, win a carnival and whatever. But with his brother and his sister and his father up here as well, uh, if he's, you know, riding regular winners, making a nice earn, can get some winners even during the Winter Carnival. He's a Group 1 winning rider. Mm. Uh, I suspect he might stay in the Sunshine State. And I can also tell you that Ash Morgan, uh, who rode more winners in New South Wales than anyone else last season, even more winners than James McDonald, he's based in Newcastle, he's moving to Queensland this week. He'll live in Brisbane and he will ride primarily for Matt Dunn, will go down and ride track work in Mawillenborough a couple of days a week. So he's uh, a prolific uh, winner Ash Morgan, so another interstate addition to the Queensland riding race. And mentioning Matt Dunn, of course, uh, he won the first race with Oceans of Energy yesterday. Dunn Deal, 
Uh, Philly, who's made it two from two. And Damien Thornton's other winner was ultimate pride in the last race. Yeah, and we should also mention Amelia's Jewel, David. Yes. Um, spectacular win, I thought. Admittedly, in a listed race, the Roma Cup at Ascot, a group three, sorry, a group three race, not a listed race. Uh, but over 1,100 metres, dropping back from 1,800 metres. Last time we saw her winning the Northerly, she was terrific. Now looks right on song for the Quokka, where it's almost a match race. Uh, bookies have it. Amelia's Jewel 250 and the Queenslander, Uncommon James 350. So that could, you know, it'll have a fair tail to that race, the Quokka. Uh, but those two horses, I can't wait to see them in it. Only two weeks away as well. Thanks for your time this morning, Ben. Thanks, David. Ben Dorries joining us this morning here on Past the Post. And thanks for your company. Appreciate it. Look forward to being with you again next Sunday. We'll be here on Easter Sunday. And, of course, join me for Press Room tomorrow morning. Till then, you have a good day. Bye-bye.